Welcome to the Fitness to Business Podcast, where we talk to top professionals and community leaders from around the world and help people turn their fitness passion into a successful business. This podcast is brought to you by Rbox, the leading fitness management platform. To learn more about how to grow your fitness business, visit us at rboxapp.com. Hi, today we are joined by Moran Samuel, an inspirational Paralympian. Moran helped create the Israeli women's wheelchair basketball team and went on to achieve fifth place in the London 2012 Olympics for rowing. During this time, Moran was also playing basketball and reached the European Championships in 2013, where she captained the Israeli team. To add to her accomplishments, Moran won the bronze medal for the 1,000-meter row in the 2016 Rio Olympics. Moran, welcome to uh, the R-Box podcast. We're so excited to have you as a guest. Actually, to say we're excited is um, is an understatement. So welcome. Um, Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm about a few days away from my flight to Tokyo and... You know, 10 days to my first uh, competition. So I'm really, really excited for that. Amazing. How are your Olympic preparations going? How has the training process been so far? How are you feeling about competing? Where are you? So actually, it's been a very long five years, I must say. Uh, Usually it takes four to get from one Paralympic Games to the other. But due to COVID, a lot of things were not in the preparation were different. But uh, I think that um, I was able to really get myself prepared and I took advantage of the COVID-18 months of, you know, where where everything was uh, with a lot of uncertainties to keep on training. And I, for me, I feel it was for the best because before um, Rio, after Rio 2016, um, I had two kind of new dreams that one of them was, uh, to get pregnant and have a baby myself, my older son, my wife gave birth to. So I wanted to go through that experience, but also to prepare for the next Paralympic games. And I knew that it's not going to be easy. Um, I was breastfeeding for two years so and competing. I have two world championships um, where I won medals while still breastfeeding. So I think, I think that that was a long and very interesting journey. But eventually the year uh, that the postponement of the games were for me was an advantage and I feel much more ready. Um, and especially the last three months where really we did a very good preparation. I see good times on my speed coach in my boat and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for gold for sure. Amazing. It's, you are absolutely phenomenal to have gone through all of that um, and to be ready to, and at the top of your game. Um, so we were thinking about coaching and you were talking about coaching and, and how much your coach has prepared you for this. Um, your coach is definitely an essential part of your journey as an athlete. Many of our listeners are coaches themselves. So with this in mind, what do you believe makes a good coach in your experience? 
through the years and and I was a coach also myself I was a very young coach when I started coaching basketball many many years ago um, so I've been a coach myself I experienced that side and and of course an athlete for so many years and I feel that um, if that a coach which is open-minded and flexible uh, for changes not changes just uh, changes in the world of sport, changes in the um, um, development of your athletes is very, very important. And if you, if you are a good listener, then you'll be able to, to hear those little things that are changing, growing inside your athlete and be ready to make the right changes. Uh, for an athlete to develop in a good way, uh, there is not just one you know, you can read so many books about fitness, about physiology, about um, growing muscles, but as individuals, we are so different. So I think being able to be a good listener and flexibility, open-minded will make you a better coach because you will be able to adapt your program to your athlete. And that's the most important thing. In, in the same team could be different individuals. Um, and, and if we want them all to work together, even if it's not a team sport, then we need to meet each of our trainers exactly where they are. So we can, on one hand, challenge them. On the other hand, the other hand uh, make the challenge something they can dream is possible, if you understand what I mean. Absolutely. Um, talking about making dreams possible, you've had such a colourful um, professional career up until this point. Um, can you tell us about your history? What's, what's your story? What led you up to this point? Um, specifically, share with us some of your proudest career moments and successes, your greatest achievements professionally today as an athlete. I mean, there are so many, but <laughs> really, you know, what, what sticks out to you, what's in your mind and what's led you to this point? So shortly, I'll just start with the beginning. And, and I started playing basketball when I was nine years old. I grew up in the north part of Israel, in Carmiel. And um, when I started playing basketball, there was no girls team on, in my town. So I had to start and play with little boys. For me, it was an advantage because uh, when I was nine, I was much taller and faster and stronger than all the boys around. So <laughs> that was a really good way to start. And my mother was stubborn enough to insist having me just, you know, be part of a team, even though there was no girls team. So that's how I started, and I think I was around 13 when I started dreaming big dreams about sport and realizing it's not just something nice to do in the afternoon. This is what I want to be when I grow up. And um, that's when I started dreaming about being the best basketball player, the best athlete I can, I can be. Um, as a young athlete, I played the youth national team in Israel, and I played uh, Division One basketball since I was 16, 17. We don't have real college basketball in Israel, but we have uh, the major league, and I was playing since high school. Um, and I was the captain of the under-20 team when I was in the army in my army service. So if you have met me, that agent opened up my chest it was round orange, it had stripes, and it was round 
up and down my chest. <laughs> I always say that because it's true. Absolutely. And, and that where where I, you know, I was uh, 24 men when my life changed. But when I was 24, I was not just an ordinary person. I was a basketball player. I was a coach. Uh, I was already a student and my life completely changed. I suffered a rare condition called spinal stroke, which left me in two hours. I was completely paralyzed from the chest down. Um, the night before I was playing basketball and, and everything was fine. So it was really devastating and it felt like my life is over. And I think that. Um, you know, to make a really, really long story shorter. No, uh, don't make it shorter. <laughs> we don't want that. We want to hear so, everything. So, so yeah, so that was so hard as, as an athlete to lose my body, um, was to lose everything. Because mm -hmm. all my dreams were inside my legs, my, my, my arms. I didn't even think yet that dreams are actually made um, mentally. And I could maybe achieve them in a different way because when it happened, it was really bad. It was really devastating. Uh, and, and I had to go and use that amazing toolbox that I, through the years, uh, carry with me from sport. Everything I knew about the world I knew through sport. And eventually in the hospital bed, I realized I'm an athlete, no matter what, that's, that's who I am. And the qualities I have that led me to, to be such an amazing athlete um, will help me through the course of rehabilitation and, and everything else. And, and I realized that I own my own strength and that if I'll be able, just the same as I did on the basketball court, speak positive to myself, keep, keep not just a positive attitude, but also the way I speak to myself. And instead of saying life is over, I said, no, life is, I knew it might be over, but, but I'm still here. And, and to believe in the, in the long journey, not just as a nice thing to say, just as you realize that no one guarantees anything in life. But if you know what you take from every step you make, then those small wins, those moments where you didn't give up, finally will accumulate together and and you will be able to dream big and that's what may be a good athlete and i realized that's going to help me through my rehabilitation and that's that's how it was i believe that that the small wins that you make in life will bring you to the bigger ones to the big victories and, and here you are yeah, and step by step, that's that's what I did. And as you said, I went back playing wheelchair basketball. Um, I played in the men team of Bet Halochem Tel Aviv. I played yeah, the national an team. amazing team, an amazing team, absolutely, and, um, amazing people. Um, we can make, we can have a podcast podcast just on Bet Halochem and, and what I am so down for that whenever you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. It's yeah, one okay. of the most inspiring organizations. Oh really. yeah, for sure, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And what they do for sport is incredible. And, um, and that's what led you that for me also, for sure. Absolutely. What um so what led you to rowing? How did you arrive at that sport? Because obviously the two are so different. What inspired yeah. you to go down that avenue? Exactly. What what takes you from a team sport play totally. in a very nice air-conditioned environment 
to go uh, <laughs> kilometers by kilometers alone in your boat in the summer. I just came yeah. back from my second session today, rowing at 33 Celsius and 75 wow. Yeah, that's a good preparation for Tokyo, though. Absolutely. So what makes you for, from one, you know, from from one yes, to the other, so literally one I extreme guess. to the other. So we have to go back to the dream part of this conversation because when I went back to sport, I was so hungry for that. I wanted as big you to get, you know, to the highest level. And for me, it was the Paralympic Games and. Um, the team was not good enough in wheelchair basketball, the women team, and I knew it's going to take years. And if there will be a good enough team for the games, there will be maybe for me to be a coach because I'll be so old uh, by the time it will happen. And um, the Paralympic Committee uh, offered me uh, to uh, try an individual sport, um, and uh, that was rowing. And I sat in a boat at the end of 2010, knowing nothing about boats or rowing. The only place I ever liked water in my life was in the shower and hot. I <laughs> never thought I would row a boat in Tel Aviv in the summer. So, yeah. Um, and also, I don't know if you know, but probably you do, but we are rowing backwards. So yeah, of course. You don't. Yeah, many people in Israel don't know that that you actually. It's not a kayak. It's a, it's a long boat with uh, two blades, and and you are rowing backwards. So you're not. You can't see where you're going. I was hitting the bank. How did you learn that, to do all of those things? It's unbelievable um, that you determination experience. And if I go back to what you asked me about coaches flexibility and being open-minded and not being afraid of changes and not being afraid of failure, you know, because there were many reasons for me not to do it, but I only concentrated on the reason why should I do it. And, and that's a very important message for me to people in general. If you keep on thinking why not to do something, probably you will not do it. But if you take that aside and just think, okay, why should I do it? What, what, you know, what will it give me if I'll try? Uh, even if the risk of failure is there, um, I think that the, the worst thing in life is, is not knowing and not trying. And from failure, you learn, you grow. So I just said, okay, let's do it. Let's try. And as you said, at 2012, I was representing Israel in London Paralympic Games. It was two years after I set in the boat for the first time and um you talked about the paralympic games but at 2015 what led me to the paralympic game was the world championship in in france where i was a world champion i won the gold for israel at the 2015 world rowing championship which was an amazing moment it was by less than one second from um the british rower which came in second and it was just my parents were in the crowd, my wife, and they were singing the anthem together with me. And I don't know, it's just unforgettable moments. I've got shivers career. just hearing you talk about it is just truly, truly amazing and such an incredible achievement. The way you speak about setting your goals and setting your mind to something and achieving something and not giving up on a dream is something that 
is really, really actualized in life. So um, hearing you live it and conquer that dream and continue to strive for excellence is truly, is truly amazing. Um, so I want to want to talk about conversely. So on the other hand, we've spoken about many, many of your successes and the highlights of your career thus far, which I'm sure will continue to your career will continue to flourish. Um, can you shed some light on some challenging moments of your career um, as an athlete and how you overcame those challenges and used the experience or experiences to your advantage and benefit? Yes, yeah, so I think that uh, in such a long uh, athletic career, you face different challenges. Some of them are uh, adjusting to new situations in life. Uh, when I started rowing, I was living in the north part of Israel and training was in Tel Aviv. And I had to drive every day, long hours, just, just to get to, to my trainings. And eventually when I decided that um, being a rower is my next goal and it means, you know, really about 25 to 30 hours a week, I moved. I left everything I had. I left my work. I was a physical therapist uh, in a child development center. I was finishing my master degree uh, in school. I, I did so many changes um, just to try and make my dreams come true and I had to adapt to a new environment away from my family and original friends um, so that was um, around sport challenges um, at after London Paralympic Games um, my coach and, and I had some kind of a crisis I have a different coach now um, we didn't see eye to eye. There were many problems and uh, we tried to keep it going in 2013. But for me, that was um, a point of no return. And, and I said, listen, either, you know, you find me a different coach or I have to go and find either find a different sport or just quit because uh, that was too much. And so um, that, it was a very tough year for me. And then... Um, I met my new coach, uh, which is my coach until today, the coach and the assistant coach. My coach is Paola Grizzetti. She's an Italian. Uh, the assistant coach is Israeli, Dima Margolin, from the Daniel Ruin Center in Tel Aviv. And that was uh, uh, the start of a really, really uh, new era uh, for me as a, as a rower. And, um, and you could have seen it also in the results. So... That was a very challenging time. Thinking about retiring just three years after I started rowing was really, really hard. Uh, but also being, um, you know, uh, uh, whoever watched the Olympic Games and Simone Bale's story uh, yeah. and the mental stress around being an athlete in, in such a high level. So I think that being true to yourself is so important. You cannot force yourself to being an athlete in this level of competition. Either you do it because you choose it, because you love what you do, because you are at least 95% of the time when you wake up in the morning and you say, do I want to still do it? And the answer is yes. Then you're in the right place. And I was not in that place. And the problem was the coach. Um, and um, being able to kind of 
understand where your boundaries are and what you agree and what is not good for you is also very, very important. Absolutely. And I think that, that once the system also and the, the you know, people around the decision making table uh, realize that, then uh, I went through a completely new journey and a really, really good one. And the same came where, when we became a family, uh, being a mother and, and an, an elite athlete is very, very challenging. But if you have the right support financially, mentally, in your home and in the sport environment, you can actually do it. And I'm the proof for that. Absolutely. And you you go from strength to strength. So you're definitely able to balance the two and get the best out of both worlds. Yeah, and um, I think it's important to note that in order to get from strength to strength, you have to go through challenges and difficulties, difficult times. And we all go through that, even if you're not an athlete. So just know that it might not feel very nice right now, and uh, but the, um, what you can accomplish at the end of, of that, um, let's say, challenging times is is higher than sometimes just a regular life you know yeah you spoke briefly about uh, the positive outcomes of covid uh, and how it's allowed you to maximize uh, your potential to train harder to enjoy time as a mother um perhaps in light of recent times and in the midst of this global pandemic what are some of your hopes and goals for the future um uh, you mean personally? it's a hard question yeah it's a hard question personally Everything. professionally um i think that i think that if people are smart then covid is a, i know people maybe people are tired of hearing that but but there were some lessons to be learned um and i think for me the most important one is to be able to focus on the thing you can control and just move aside whatever you cannot because um, if you are obsessed with everything that is out of your hands then you go crazy and but if you focus your energies on the thing you can do uh, in general then your life will be more you will feel more happy and like you're fulfilling your destiny and sometimes your destiny is being a mother because you can't do anything else right now. You can't work because you're at home or whatever, or, you know, other things I can give different examples. Uh, and I think that in, um, in a more general um, observation, should I say, then um, life is, you can plan and plan, but things can happen, can go wrong. And um, the best way is the way you will react to it. That will eventually affect the way you feel and the way you, what you can achieve from that. Absolutely. Um, and, and that applies not only to sport, it applies to every single aspect of life is to really, yeah. you're right, understand what's in front of you and deal with the day-to-day -day, um, and strive for greatness in every day that we have. Um, speaking of greatness, we know that you're a leader in the Athena project, um, which is a very special project. And um, so we'd love our listeners to know more about this project and what inspired you to get involved in such a worthwhile cause. 
So uh, this project I've been through Athena. We call it Athena. Athena in uh, it's the the national project to promote women in sport. Yes. And the part the part of this program that I'm taking and then that, that I'm part of is is the ambassador program. And the ambassador program actually started almost a decade ago, um, where they chose elite athletes to speak to um, the young kids, not just girls, young kids in general and teenagers, to speak to them about sport, about the meaning of that sport can give you in life, about the values and the qualities uh, that you can achieve from that, from being an athlete. Um, and I was really, really happy to be one of the pioneers of this project. And I was going from school to school. I met thousands of children a year um, telling my story, not just telling the story, but uh, telling or trying to convince children that sport is the right place to be if you want to develop um, yourself as a person, not just your body, not just your uh, coordination. Um, if you want to live a happy life, then... Um, the, the different um, sport, how do, you, how do you call it? I mean, just just being part of of a sport is will give you that for life. Absolutely, uh, within a team, within a group environment, to have discipline yeah, yeah. to be able to any field. I mean, I mean any field of sport. I, I yeah. wanted to say, but. My English for a your English is perfect. <laughs> um, no, but absolutely and definitely. Um, and, the project and is very... wants to, to learn more about this project, even if you cannot read Hebrew, I think they also have like an English uh, version of the Athena Israel website, Athena Woman org il. Um, and you can see we started as just a few ambassadors, I think we were maybe four or five. Uh, elite athletes today there are like I don't know maybe 20 different wow. from different sports all across sports coaches former athletes um, para and and uh, Paralympic and Olympic athletes that talk to about so many important things like breaking barriers and gender equality um, which how to create a positive environment, boys and girls together when playing sport, and and I think that's that if if whoever listens to us is from Israel, and your children goes to school, please tell their sport instructor or teacher um, to to invite one of the ambassadors of the project. It's going to be an unforgettable. Um, experience for your children absolutely how would um how would someone go about doing that you recommend them to visit the website and to follow yeah, the yeah. instructions from there yes yeah. if you Fantastic. if you read or write in hebrew you just click uh shagrirot atena atena ambassadors on google and automatically it will take you to the right page where you can choose uh the ambassador you want from diff so many different sports uh, I'm not available currently, but <laughs> I'll be back in October <laughs> with a gold medal on your chest. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's the um, that's the goal. 
that's the dreams, the goals. Um, if you could do anything to improve the, spa- the state of sport and fitness in the world, what would you do? I know that's a really broad question, um, but maybe on the back of the Athena project and what we've been talking about, how would you seek to improve your world within sport? Uh, I hear sometimes a conversation about sport and about the workplace and, the, and so many different things and everybody tr- tend to speak about equality and I think that's not the right discussion when I speak about it I speak about equal opportunities because different people need different things need different environments if you are men and women are different which is fine people with and without disabilities have different needs but we all need equal opportunities we all need the door to be open for us to choose and if you have a real choice then you can make a real decision um and and for me sport should be accessible for everybody by giving equal opportunities by making gyms uh, wheelchair accessible and also elderly accessible um and um women you know can choose where they feel Uh, comfortable to train and I think that um, just creating an environment that make everybody feel they can do sport that's that's my dream for Israel and for the world of sport in general should should be accessible should be close to your home and should be free from um Prejudice, I, I think. Prejudice and bias, absolutely. And governments should hopefully support that and really oh, yeah. drive children to become. Yeah, but, but you know, sometimes the change comes also from within, even if when governments are not there yet. And uh, if you are an owner of a gym, but you have no accessible equipment, like no hem, hand bike uh, machine in your gym, or uh, there are a few stairs in the entrance, but you never thought on changing that. Then we can be part of the solution. Uh, and for many reasons, we are still, as as a world, part of the problem. And we cannot just keep on blaming governments. It's 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 true that we governments should take care of that, but also we as as human beings should be more self-innovative, self-innovative. Yes, and awareness. Yeah, absolutely. And also for us to empower children in that process is super oh, important sure. and something sure. that we have so much ability to do as adults. And You know, and, to, and empower children, to empower children through sport is so easy, really. Yeah. It's so easy. And there is only a small amount of the population who, are, who cannot do any kind of sport. They are, I'm not saying... But they can, those people can play an instrument or do arts or they can find their space and in, in challenge, good challenges for themselves in other places. But the majority of people can enjoy sport, different kind of sport, if, if it's accessible to them. And for children, that's a must. And to build their confidence and to build their ability sure. to be with others and to to really truly understand what it is to play in a team or to strive for excellence and to um, to be and able to to, be able to to win yourself and not just others because Absolutely. that's what happens in sport when you want Absolutely. to get better that your main goal is to be better than you were a week ago not just better than anyone else around you for sure. Um, 
you give the most phenomenal advice. So we um, are absolutely sure that you must have had many, many strong people behind you um, to support you along the way. So what has been the best piece of advice you've received during your career? I know that's a really hard question because it's an extremely coloured career uh, over many years. So if you can think of a handful of nuggets of wisdom um, that you could pass on to our listeners, we would love to hear that. You were actually kind enough to send me the questions. And I've thought about a good answer for for this one. And it's so hard to just pick one. (laughs) So don't Uh, pick one. You can pick as many as you want. (laughs) I think that along my my career, um, there were a few very, very good lessons I've learned through my coaches, through my teammates. And one is the fastest you recover from a mistake, for, from something that went wrong, the faster you can put it behind you, then faster you can get to the next uh, good, good action you can actually do. Um, and it's true for sport and it's true for life. If I've just missed the most important shot of the game and instead of either trying to take back the rebound or going back to defense, I will um, pause and think, oh my God, it was so bad. Um, How did it happen? And, you know, I get stuck in a place that uh, I doesn't really uh, help me go forward. Then it will be very hard for me to, overcome and to help my team or to help myself but in general in life and in sport when you are able to overcome fast to put behind you what is unnecessary is not really helping you right now all the negative self-talk just just put it aside and just try to do the next best thing you can do then you will recover faster and you will be able to go to your next win and if again if you watch the olympics then you'd see it over and over again you have to part of it is falling but the most important is how fast you can get right back on the horse or whatever other um you know means you have yes yes um I think that that is an amazing piece of advice especially for people who want to become competitive athletes um, it's definitely yeah, just, a, just whatever whatever is not important for you to be able to go forward just forget about it just keep on going dust yourself off and try again exactly good exactly um thank you so much for your time um and for your real truly inspiring words of wisdom um it's you're a phenomenal athlete and we're so excited and proud of you and wish you all the very very best in tokyo and Thank we'll you. be we'll be rooting for you and we'll definitely so yeah so i if it's if it's okay can i invite people to follow to follow my facebook of course. My and uh once the Paralympic Games are over. I'll be back uh, giving my uh, motivational talk. So um, you can find 
you can find my uh, details online and uh, I do it either uh, in person if uh, COVID allows or by Zoom if, uh, if not. Uh, so if you want to hear one. Absolutely. Everybody should be, will be clambering at your doors to be given the opportunity to hear from and you. And I think it's also important to say thank you. So thank you uh, to everybody who makes it possible for me to get to where I am right now. And uh, you all know who you are. So thank you so much for doing that. And to my uh, amazing sponsors, Altur and Shacham and Sky, uh, that without them, I would not be able to, to get to where I am right now. Wonderful. Many, many thanks to you. And thank you so much for joining us, Moran. We wish you all the very, very best. Thank you. Thank you for Bye. having me. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Thanks for joining us on the Fitness to Business podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can think bigger, be better, and get stronger with your fitness business, visit us at rboxapp.com.